This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Hey, we're going to get into the Word this morning. If you will, go ahead and go to John 10, and we're going to be there in just a minute. But I just want to say it's so great to have you all this morning. If, you, if this is your first time with us, uh, it's wonderful to have you. Uh, it's an honor that you're with us this morning, and we pray you're blessed. But uh, we're going to go to John 10, like I said, uh, and then we're going to go to Psalms after that. But we are in our What a Savior series. I hope you all have been uh, receiving something from this. Uh, but in the last few weeks, what we've talked about is, is originally in week one, about the fact that Jesus came as a human. Uh, he was on earth for 33 years. He experienced all the same kind of stuff that we experienced as human beings here on earth. Then we talked about Jesus as a servant. Last week we talked about Jesus as a builder, and the fact is that he has built a plan for every one of our lives. And it's something I just want to kind of go back and mention again is, is it doesn't matter how far maybe you feel like you've strayed, it doesn't matter how far you've gotten off track, his plan for your life never changed, amen? But listen, that's good news for somebody today. Because there are some people, they feel like that their past has completely shot their future. And the truth is, that is not the case. That's the enemy talking to you. And, and God wants you to know this. It's never changed. You can still get to your promised land and to where he wanted you to get to. If you'll get back on track today, he's still there with that destination. Amen? Amen. And so we talked about him as a builder last week. And today we're going to continue on with that. Now, the Bible depicts the church in a few different ways in the Word. Actually, it's many different ways, but a few of the different ways that he depicts the church in the Word is as a family, uh, as a fellowship, but also as a flock. Everybody say a flock. Most of you have probably heard the verse in Psalms 100, verse 32. It says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We're the sheep of his pasture. So, According to the word, we're sheep, we're part of a flock, and he's our shepherd. And so today, we're going to continue our series by looking at Jesus the shepherd, all right? Jesus the shepherd, that's where we're going to be. So if you will, go to John 10.10 10 this morning. We're going to start in verse 10, and it says this, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Your translation may say, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. abundantly. Now, let me just stop right here before we go on. And we're going to go on in just a second. I, I need to bring some clarification because some people may not realize this. The enemy's main objective is to do these three things. How many of you believe the word of God is true? Everybody? So the word of God says the thief only comes. Somebody say only comes only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but it says that I have come, the Lord, to bring life, to give you life, and an abundant life at that. Too many times, Christians have this bad habit of giving God credit for bad things that happen in their life. By making dumb decisions, we're responsible for the bad things that happen in our life, and then we blame God, and we ask, why did you allow this to happen? God didn't do it, Amen. That's the thing. God didn't do it. The enemy is behind all this, and sometimes it's completely self-inflicted. Somebody say amen. amen. How many of y'all have ever made a dumb decision? Right. And in the words of Dave Ramsey, you had to pay stupid tax as a result, right? Amen. That's a Dave Ramseyism right there. 
But too many times we give God credit. Like, for instance, if somebody dies, I've heard people say that don't know the Lord, why did God take them? God didn't take them. What does the enemy come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. So the thief comes to do those three things. He comes that we may have life and have an abundant life. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Known by my own. Now it's a good thing that we have a good shepherd. Amen? Amen. As sheep, we're not always the brightest. We've been known to mess up. Now the truth is, is whenever you look at a sheep, whenever you just look at sheep as a whole, they're not the smartest animals and I'm going to tell you this, I'm not going to dwell on that, all right? Uh, I was in a teaching one time, and I heard this guy teach about how stupid sheep were. And he kept talking about how dumb sheep were and how we were sheep, and how dumb sheep were and how we were sheep. And I was like, can you bring it around something positive before we leave here today? You know, and, and there was no encouragement whatsoever. So we're not going to dwell on the fact that sheep are not necessarily the smartest out there. But the truth is that we've all messed up. And the truth is that we have a good shepherd, and somebody needs to thank the Lord for that. Amen? Because Isaiah 53, 6, this is just an example, says, All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own. So I'm going to ask you this morning, has anybody ever left God's path before? Anybody, right? But our good shepherd, he comes after us. Our good shepherd, he loves us. Our good shepherd leaves the 99 to chase after us whenever we get outside of where we need to be. Amen? That's good news today. So we're going to look at Psalms 23 next. And if you will, go ahead and flip there. But we indeed need a good shepherd. And most of y'all have probably heard Psalms 23. If you're not familiar with what it is off the top of your head, you're about to recognize it. It's funny. The thing about Psalms 23 is it's probably the most recognized scripture in the Bible. For instance, you can be watching a secular TV show, whenever I say that, like a sitcom or, or you know, like uh, just any kind of movie or something like that, and there can be a funeral, for instance, on TV, and a lot of times you'll hear the guy doing the funeral recite Psalms 23, so it's very, very well known, but Psalms 23 goes like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that rich? So rich. So today we're going to actually break down Psalms 23, and we're going to see what our good shepherd does. Now, I've taught Psalms 23 in the past, and we're going to kind of go a little bit of a different angle here. But we're going to start off with just verse 1 where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. I want you to understand one thing today is that the Lord, he provides our shepherd, he provides the first thing I want you to get today. 
He's our shepherd and he's a provider. And it's actually how David started out this psalm here, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, he provides for us. One of the Lord's names is Jehovah Jireh, which means he provides what we need. Now the truth is, is a lot of times I have what I want and I have what I need. How many of y'all have children who sometimes, for instance, might want this or this or this, and you know for their own safety they don't need to have this, that, and the other, right? For instance, yesterday morning we went to the donut shop for breakfast, and I told them, go ahead and double your order so that you can have donuts tomorrow morning, today, as well. Now, if it were up to my kids, they would have donuts every meal. But Dad realizes that's probably not best for them, amen? Some of y'all would like to have donuts every meal. And for those of you that have the metabolism to have it, we don't like you. Let me go ahead and just tell you. We don't like you. Okay? This might not be the church for you. I'm just going ahead and tell you. But listen to me. The Lord gives us what we need and not always what we want. And it's in his grace. You need to hear this today. It's in his grace that he doesn't give us everything that we want. Because as we talked about last week, there's a plan that he has down the road for our lives. And the truth is, is that if we get everything we want, it's going to take us right off track and it's never going to get us to that destination that he has for us. And so truly, it's in his grace that he says, no, 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 you don't need that gene. You don't need it. I mean, there's some things that I would like in my life, you know, just like some toys and stuff. But I also realize I don't need that. You know, for instance, I would love to go back to the days of owning a motorcycle, but I realized with small children, I don't need to own one. And the truth is, is that, that God sees what we need. He knows what we need. And so that's what he provides for us. Jehovah Jireh, our good shepherd, he provides what we need for us. It may not always be what we want, but it's exactly what we need. It's exactly what we need. Verse 2 says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. As believers, our lives should reflect that we're content and that we live in peace. In him, we have all we need. Can, can somebody say amen? amen? In him, we have all that we should ever need. And green pastures represent contentment. And then still waters represent peace. And one reason we come to church on Sundays is to sit by the still waters, right? And to be able to literally eat, to be able to graze, if you will, to where we're fed as well, to where we have what we need. Uh, I, I want to say this too about church. Whenever we say we come and sit by the still waters, how many of you believe that this house right here should be a house that should be 100% drama free? Anybody? Anybody believe that? Yeah, come on now. How many of y'all deal with drama at work? How many of y'all deal with drama at school? How many of y'all even deal with drama at the ball fields? Come on now. You can deal with drama anywhere and everywhere. You can deal with drama on social media. So you got it on your phone. You got it on your laptop. You got it live and in the flesh at work and wherever else. I believe that the house of God is a place that that should never, ever exist. Come on now. And I want you to understand here, our culture at Church Alive is, is that, that we, don't, we don't let that stuff happen here. And I got to give props to mom and dad because whenever stuff like that popped its head up in the past, I saw them immediately address it. And so I want you to know here, at Church Alive, it's going to be a safe place, right? 
it's going to be a place that we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And, and whenever it does rise up, it's going to be dealt with. So I'm speaking to everyone here. If it rises up, it will be dealt with. Do you hear me today? Because we want this to be a peaceful place. See, in the presence of God, there should never ever be room for anything that's anti the character of God. There should never be room for any kind of arguments. There shouldn't be room for strife in the presence of God because it totally is opposite of the character and the nature of God. And so whenever we're in here, it should be joy. Come on, it should be peace. It should be nothing but good stuff. Somebody say amen today. See, that's good news because on Sunday morning, this should be a time for roughly about 90 minutes, two hours that you can just be free of all that mess that you have to deal with during the week. Amen? Amen. But verse 2, though, it says here that he makes us to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes, I want you to hear me, sometimes the Lord will make us lie down. Make us. You want to know why? Because there's times where we truly need rest. You, you may go through seasons. I mean, there, I know we've got entrepreneurs and stuff in here, and there are some people, man, they run wide open, working 80-plus hours a week, and it's just the way they operate. And there's times where God will actually make an adjustment in their life to where all of a sudden they're not doing that any longer. And, and it, it's very common that a lot of times people feel like they're going through a hard season and they feel like, well, God's abandoned me. No, 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 he may be making you lie down. A buddy of mine, in fact, he was the best man at my wedding. They're still in Florida. We visited with them whenever we were down at the NRP conference in February. But Ty has always uh, been in the cell phone business. He came straight out of high school and went straight to work for some cell company, literally selling phones at a kiosk in the mall. And over the years, he just kept climbing. And like his most recent job has been with Verizon, but not just like running a store. Like he's over central Florida. So he's done very well in that industry. And God has put him in a little bit of a transition period, and it's just weird for him right now because he's always going from working really hard and being very successful. Now he's doing something else. But here's the good news. God's meeting all of his needs, right? And he told me whenever we were at lunch, he said, Gene, it's, it's been very good for me. He said, as much as it's not what I'm used to doing, he said, like every day I get to take my kids to school and I get to pick them up. He said, I've never been able to do that. And you know, he's like, this has just been a really good season. The Lord has made him lie down in green pastures for this season. And it may go on for a while. I mean, he's actually starting to love it right now. And he's not really sure if he wants to go back to that world that he's always known. So sometimes the Lord realizes we need rest and will make us lie down and maybe put us in a little bit of a transition time. Amen? Because it allows us to do what he's called us to do. Too many times we're so busy with what we've got going on with our career and stuff, we're bypassing what he's called us to do. And it's funny how he can just all of a sudden make that change, can he? He's God. He can do that. Verse 3, he restores my soul. God can restore your soul. If any of you have ever said that you were just crushed from something difficult, it could have been a, a divorce it could have been a breakup. It could have been an abusive relationship. Uh, it could have been a death of a very close um, relative or a spouse or something like that. If you've ever felt crushed, I want you to know this. First of all, counseling is a good thing. 
There's nothing wrong with it. I, I totally recommend it. Ministry is needed as well, but I, I want you to know that only Jesus can truly restore what was crushed. He's the only one that can do it. Counselors, God bless them. They can help, but he's the only one that can truly restore your soul. And the word restoration and wholeness, whenever you look at it, it's making it just as good as new. It's not just making it better. It's, it's making it completely whole again, and he's the only one who can do that, our good shepherd. Amen? Amen. Continuing on in verse 3, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness is us in right standing with God. That's what righteousness is, right? And we're in right standing with God because of salvation, because of grace through faith. That's what we read in Ephesians 2. It's by grace through faith that we're saved. So that salvation puts us in right standing with God. And don't we all want to be in right standing with God? Don't we all want to be in fellowship with God? Don't we all want to be led by God and live a life that's pleasing to God? Can everybody say amen to that? He's the one that leads us in the paths of righteousness. Now, let me go ahead and just tell you this. Some of you may feel like, Gene, I, I, I often don't know what to do. I haven't heard from God. I just wish God would send me a word sometime about what I'm supposed to do. Anybody ever felt that way? I've said it before. How many of y'all have ever just said to yourself, I wish I could go to the mailbox and find a letter from God that says, do this, 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 and this. Amen? Wouldn't life be easy? I want you to know something. First of all, he's written us a letter, a number of them, and this word tells us how we're supposed to live. Additionally, I want you to know that he wants to communicate with you as well, but it takes communication with him on a regular basis to be able to begin to hear his voice. Additionally, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, whenever you are in tune with the Holy Spirit in your life, there's going to be constant communication and you're going to hear from God on a regular basis. Come on now. Some of you may have been a little hesitant to the whole, to the whole idea of the Holy Spirit because it sounds spooky to you. You know, and actually the King James calls it the Holy Ghost, which sounds really spooky, right? The Holy Spirit is God. I'm going to say that again because that's so good. The Holy Spirit, somebody say, is God. And so if you think the Holy Spirit's weird, you are calling God Almighty weird. Might I add, you probably want to stop doing that and repent for it. But the Holy Spirit wants to move and act and operate in your life. Jesus said this to his disciples. It's to your benefit that I go so that he can come. Come on now. It's to your benefit. And he's going to lead you and he's going to... Uh, guide you and he's going to direct you and signs and wonders are going to follow you as well. But Jesus said this, but you need to wait for him to come. In other words, the power is not going to take place until you get the Holy Spirit on your life. By the way, Jesus never did his first miracle until he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came down on him. But here's the truth. Whenever you're walking with the Holy Spirit, operating in your life, you're going to hear the voice of God on a regular basis. You're going to have power. Amen? You're going to have authority. You're going to find that your prayer life's different. You're going to find that the Lord can give you words for somebody that's going to ring their bell. Amen? 
we had somebody actually call this week, and, and I want to brag on our team here because we've got an amazing team of leadership. And they said, two of your elders prayed with me a week or two ago, and they said one of them had a word for me, and he was dead on. And he said, in this week alone, he said, what he spoke happened exactly as he said. Let me go ahead and just tell you, that wasn't Elder McGee that was operating. That was the Holy Spirit operating through David McGee. Somebody give God praise. Amen. <laughs> and, and let me go ahead and just get on another soapbox. So, am I okay with this? Can I just freestyle for a minute? Too many times people think that prophecy is weird. They feel like the prophetic is not for today. And the truth is, is the prophetic is nothing else besides God's voice coming down to you and you speaking the heart of God. Amen. And let me tell you this, there are people who oftentimes are not hearing the voice of God. And so the prophetic is allowing God to speak through you to where you can let them know what God is speaking to them. The prophetic is very much for today. There's been times when I've needed a word and something's been going on in my life and I didn't feel like I had any clarity whatsoever and then someone has spoke a word to me that God gave them that I needed to hear that was confirmation and it changed my life. There was a guy by the name of Ron Phillips. He's a Southern Baptist, Holy Spirit filled guy from Tennessee and he came to Christway Church. Uh, up in Flowood, my neighbors were going to church there. They were having a revival, and they said, look, please come. And it's one of these things they kept asking me, and so I finally caved in, all right? With that said, we finally go to the service. And our family was going through a hard time uh, at that moment. My dad was dealing with something. And this man, who I had never met in my life, he looked at me. He said, you're worried about your dad, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. And then all of a sudden, I lose it. And you want, you want to know what he said? He said, God is going to walk with you through this. And he said, listen to me. I said, you will get through this. Because listen, there was a time where we felt like this was going to be the end of us. There's a difference in the end and getting through something. Amen? And I needed to hear that word from God. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Amen? Other people need it. Other people even benefit from it as well. The word says that the gifts are to benefit all. All. Something random I want you to get is this, is that uh, whenever it comes to leading sheep, um, shepherds lead sheep. They never drive the sheep. You don't drive sheep like you do cattle. You lead sheep, and he leads us like we were talking about earlier. He leads us. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The living Bible says my sheep recognize my voice there in John 10, 27, but it takes communication with him on a regular basis to be able to recognize his voice and we need to follow our shepherd. So number one is, is that he provides. Number two is, is that he protects. He protects. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. Verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Death is everyone's biggest fear. Do y'all know that? 
Some of you may say, Gene, I'm not scared to death. But you will say that you're scared of snakes. Some of you will say, I'm, I'm not scared of death, but I'm scared of getting in an airplane. Now, let me tell you what you're scared of. You're scared of a snake biting you and killing you. You're scared of an airplane crashing and killing you. Death is your biggest fear. But I've got some good news for you because Jesus conquered our biggest fear and he whipped death. Come on, somebody. And so the truth is, the truth is, is death for us as believers is merely graduation to the greatest thing we could ever experience. But he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You don't have to worry. He's with you. Amen. I will fear no evil. You are with me. I want you to get this. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 4, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isn't it good to know that he's with us in our battles? As we just read there, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I want you to understand this. The rod and the staff, you may say, how do they comfort me? Don't look at this as a discipline thing, okay? Now, your belt or spanking spoon that you might use at your house on your children does not comfort your children, does it? No, it doesn't. This scripture has nothing to do with punishment in your life. What it's about is, is the good shepherd's rod and staff is to beat the enemy that is coming against you in your life. Come on now. It's to wear him out and not you. It should comfort us that our good shepherd is just ready to whip our enemy at any point. So it's not being used on us. Shepherds don't beat sheep. Shepherds beat the wolves that try to attack the sheep. And the truth is, is that the enemy is truly afraid of our shepherd. And the truth is, is that the enemy is scared of some sheep, but not all sheep. The enemy knows better than to mess with some of us but I want to tell you, if you feel like the enemy is just whipping your tail, then you need to be get filled with the Holy Spirit like we were talking about earlier. You need to learn your authority. You need to learn how to pray to where he thinks twice about attacking you. Somebody want to say amen to that? And not only is he there protecting us, but something else he does is that he blesses us in battle as well. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So whenever you're walking through battles, he just prepares a table for you. And he's telling you, you just eat. Let me take care of the enemy. Let me take care of this battle. And you just eat. And so even in the middle of battles that we're walking through, he can calm us and he can bless us. And the great thing is, is our enemy just has to see us eating and calm in the presence of God while he's having to face our good shepherd. We can just sit there and just eat and be refreshed while the Lord is dealing with our enemy. And we can have peace because he's with us. Verse 5, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Oil represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Uh, but additionally, it also represents us being refreshed and strengthened as well. Amen. In the midst of battle, y'all, we can be refreshed even whenever we're walking through battles, we can walk through battles with a smile on our face because we understand how big our God is and that our enemy pales in comparison to our God. Amen? Amen. In the midst of battles, we can be strengthened so much so that our cup runs over because he refreshes us. 
he refreshes us. So our shepherd, he protects us and he provides for us. Contrary to what we think, I want us to all understand this, is that we, we cannot provide and protect for ourselves. We can't do it ourselves. The word says it's in him we live and we move and we have our being. Without him, we can't do anything, right? I feel like as a parent, I have to protect and provide for my children. Anybody else feel that way? Like, like there's a lot of responsibility on Gene. I've got to protect and I've got to provide for these two house monkeys, as we call them sometimes. But I'm never going to experience peace until I acknowledge that he's my provider and he's my protector. He's the one that does it for our family. We can't do it in ourselves. It takes him to be able to do it. Amen? And whenever we feel like we can't do anything, guess what? He can. He can do anything. So he provides and he protects. Number three, he promises. Everybody say he promises. The provision and the protection that we talked about earlier, of course, those are promises, but there's even more than that. Verse six says this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, So Psalms 23 here, it includes so much, but it also includes eternity as well. And, and if you look right here in this verse, it says that he's promising us goodness, he's promising us mercy, and he's also promising us eternal life as well. Goodness and mercy shall follow, or some translations say, will chase me down. Come on now. Will chase me down. And if you're running from God, I want you to understand today, his goodness is chasing you and not his judgment. Somebody needs to hear that today. If you've been running from God, his judgment isn't chasing you down, but his goodness and his mercy are chasing you down. Uh, 1 John 2.25 says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, and that's eternal life. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises is faithful, or he who promised is faithful. And once again, we have this amazing promise that we'll live in the house of the Lord forever, or we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Of course, that's not talking about us living in the church forever, right? But it's talking about our eternity with the Father. With the Father. Something that's really cool is, is our shepherd became human, as we know. But he also was called a lamb in scripture. Think about this, Isaiah 53, seven says, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Do you remember whenever John the Baptist sees him in John one, he says, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was also called a lamb in scripture. Something that's very cool is, is in the Word, whenever you read the Old Testament and New Testament, and let me just tell you, I, I love hanging out in the Old Testament, but whenever you look at the two, they, they mirror each other so much. Um, the prophet Ezekiel spoke this 600 years before Jesus was ever born. This is in 34, uh, chapter 34, verse 12. Ezekiel says, As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, 
so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places they were scattered on a cloudy and a dark day. Now, I want you to get this. The Lord was saying here that he'd come and he'd gather all his scattered sheep and deliver them from what had them in bondage. Come on now, that's good. That he'd deliver them from what had them all in bondage. And what's amazing is, is whenever you look at the day Jesus was crucified, what happened? It was dark. He spoke this 600 years before the lamb gave his life for us. 600 years before. But back to John 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. So let's think about this today. Our good shepherd provides for us. He gave his life for us. He takes care of us. He gives us what we need. Maybe not always what we want. He protects us as well. He's fighting your battles for you. We've just got to stick with them. And then he promises us goodness, mercy, and eternal life as well. Indeed, what a Savior we have. Amen? What a Savior we have. If you will, stand with me today. I'm going to ask some of our elders to come down front. Of our leadership, and today, if you're walking through a time of uncertainty, I want you to know first of all, He'll provide. But if you need somebody to pray with you today, we've got folks that are down here that they're ready to pray for you. If you're dealing with any kind of fear, I want you to know today that He'll protect you, amen. But maybe you just need somebody to pray with you today, He's promised to provide and to protect us, and we just need to walk in that. And today, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you that truly you are the good shepherd. Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us for salvation. And Lord, we thank you for your promises, Lord, of goodness and mercy in our lives. And Father, right now, I just speak that over this entire church body, Father. Lord, your goodness, Lord, your mercy. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for leading us, Father, in the paths of righteousness. Lord, for leading us beside still waters, Lord. Lord, times of peace, Father. Lord, only in you can we have peace. Lord, with all that's going on in our lives and in the world right now, Father, only in you can we have peace. And so, Father, we give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, once again, we thank you for being our good shepherd. Today, if you need prayer, come on down and our worship team is going to lead us. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. Visit the church Sunday mornings at 10 or listen on Renew 96.9.